Thanks for joining me for season five of the We're Not Done Yet podcast. This is Susan Macias, and I'm so glad you're here as we talk about how we can serve the Lord, how we can serve our communities and each other. Because if we're not home yet, we're not done yet. Welcome to episode 509. I am so glad you could be here. I love getting on and sharing about the Lord and talking about things, and I would love to hear back from you of what you're thinking or questions you have, anything like that. Please feel free to reach out to me either through Instagram or Facebook. I'm on there, Susan K. Macias, or my website, SusanKMacias.com. There's a contact form, and I would love to chat with you. I'm doing a little bit of a break on this episode. I've been talking about sin and about why we sin, and I'm really... um, doing some study right now on the word confess, and particularly the word of confess or confession in Hebrew. And that's going to be hopefully next episode. But I'm taking a break and kind of interjecting this in out of place of a series. It's something that really struck me. It was in my quiet time. The other morning, I'm in First John right now. And I think because of both the idea of being older and what do I do with my life and that whole idea of we're not done, we still need to be um, doing the work of the Lord in these years, no matter how old we are. And secondly, all the thinking in my brain after watching Shiny Happy People, and I do have an episode a couple of episodes back. I honestly don't remember which episode it was. It's in the 500s, though, if you want to check that out. Because we were involved in that. We homeschooled using ATI curriculum for many years and found a lot of good things in it, found things we steered clear of. But all of that to say that I have, through the homeschooling community, seen a lot of different personalities. And now there's a lot of kids coming back and blaming their parents for all of their problems. And and I'm not going to get in the way of that. I think probably us parents have caused a lot of problems for our children. I remember back in the day when my kids were little and hearing one dad say, I've offered to pay for any therapy my kids need when they get to be adults. That you know is my fault. Because we're all feeling our way blind through this thing. And I hope all those kids parent better than than we did. We tried to do that. But I also see this huge swing in the church away from holiness. So all of that to say, when I read this scripture and thinking about what I'm supposed to be doing and thinking about all that thing, all those things, I had sort of this outpouring of thoughts. And because they're just thoughts and they're kind of raw, I want to pray first. I always pray before I record a podcast, but I feel especially constrained to pray today before we begin. So please join me. Dear Lord, we're going to talk about about your word, and I never, ever want to misrepresent your word or take anything out of context. I ask that you would give clarity, that your Holy Spirit would instruct, that only words that edify you would come out, and that somebody that really needs to hear this, who is struggling with some of um, the pull and push of different ideas in the church, would find help through your word in this podcast. In the name of Jesus, amen. Okay, so let's get going. I have my coffee with me. So if you hear me take a a break, you'll know I'm taking a sip of coffee. It's always a good thing to start with my coffee. And I really try to edit very little on my podcast. I want it to be conversational. I want it to feel like we're sitting on sofas, talking back and forth. Obviously, it's a monologue, but the idea of a conversation is really what I want to do because that's what we need to be doing. We need to be talking about Scripture and different things that it means. In 1 John 1, first two verses, what we have heard, 
what we have seen with our eyes, what we have looked at and touched with our hands concerning the word of life. And the life was manifested and we have seen and testify and proclaim to you the eternal life, which was with the Father and was manifested to us. I really got brought up on that because I thought, okay, obviously John walked with Jesus. He was a disciple. He served for decades afterwards. He went through all kinds of persecutions. So what he saw and heard is different than what I've seen and heard. But I have the indwelling Holy Spirit. I have walked with the Lord for four decades. I have seen Christians um, live very victoriously and fail really big. I've walked through all of that and found the trustworthiness of the Lord, regardless what anyone is doing around me. And I need to proclaim and testify to the life that has been manifested in me. And that's what I want to call out to men and women of the church, that we failed, we've messed up. Those are the things we need to testify. I have heard the Lord's voice correct me and get me back on the right path. I have seen him work in people's lives beyond what I can explain out of practicality. And I have, it's not just a desire. It's a commandment. It's an obligation to testify and proclaim to the eternal life. That's the gospel, that Jesus died for my sins, that he paid the cost because we have the holy God who manifested himself in the Son, who in this place is called the word of life. And then after Jesus paid for our sins, he died, he was resurrected, he ascended. Then God sent a different manifestation of himself, the Holy Spirit, into our lives as we accept Jesus' payment for our sin and walk in his life. So all of that is kind of this underlying foundation of how we're supposed to live our lives. And as these conversations come around uh, from the shiny happy people to anything else that that has a more legalistic bent to it, I see a pendulum swing that goes over to grace, which is a lovely thing, just like law and rules can be a lovely thing too. You know, they protect us in many ways. And grace is this unmerited favor Grace is also the power to do what God tells us to do. And so I have seen that walking with Jesus can really feel like a tightrope. You have legalism on one side with its rules and its anger and its judgmentalism. Um, It creates a need to hide our sin. If we have a very legalistic, judgmental family, our children are not going to feel free to come to us with their struggles because they won't feel safe. If we don't tell them where we struggle because we're trying to present this false picture of a holy and righteous adult, they'll never know the power of Jesus to change lives. We have to talk about that. So that's the struggle on one side. And then on the other side of the tightrope is this easy grace where, where we can just, you know, God's grace is going to cover it. I'm justified um, for my own sins. I, 
I can talk away anything that is particularly in the Old Testament or any rule that sounds too harsh in the New Testament, whether it's my sin or a friend's sin. We even are going to now in the church flaunt the things that God actually says don't do. I was in a Sunday school one time. I, I got to teach in a Sunday school and they were talking about, oh, this couple's getting married. Ooh, and everybody was so happy. And this woman came up to us. And this is a very conservative church. And she said, I don't understand. Those two are living with each other. Yeah, we're glad they're getting married. But why doesn't anyone talk to them about their sin? You know, but we don't want to talk about even sin, much less specifically someone else's. Why? Because we'll be judgmental. Instead of saying, man, I know I've struggled with things too. And God wants us to live holy. We are supposed to iron sharpen iron each other and confront one another, not in an angry, judgmental way, but in a loving, burden bearing way. So we can either go into the judgmentalism or we go into this grace where we just don't like anybody who doesn't agree with us and say every sin that we like is okay. And and we can feel pulled. It's two totally different ends of the spectrum. But I will tell you over the decades that what I have heard and what I have seen and what I have touched with my hands is the word of God and finding Jesus there. And I hear him and I see him there and I see the father, the loving father that is in Genesis, that is portrayed in the prodigal son of the father opening his arm and welcoming his child home. As I look in Jesus' eyes and I touch his heart, I find that this tightrope that I get so confused on begins to widen and it becomes a path. And his word gives me light for each step. And that's in Psalm 119. But his word is a light to our path. It shows us the next step. And it may not show us a mile ahead, but it for sure shows us the next safe step. It reveals when I need to sin. I'm sorry. I said that wrong. (laughs) It reveals my sin. I don't ever need to sin. The word of God reveals my sin. And a lot of times it reveals it in very, when I feel self-satisfied is the time the word just picks me up and goes, yeah, no, honey, that is not right. It convicts me of my sins. And that way I get to confess and I get to repent and I get to be cleansed. That's where the grace comes in. Yeah, I sinned, but yeah, I have a savior and I have his blood, which will wash me whiter than snow. And this path that has widened is always going to be narrow and the gate is always going to be easily missed. And that we see in Matthew 7, 13 and 14. And so, you know, it's not going to be like we're jostling in the crowds. And that's okay with me. I hate crowds. I'm not, I, you know, if I see a long line, I... I will just go somewhere else. I would rather not stand in line. The crowds are going to be on these parallel paths on either side that are wide. And and the church paths on parallel sides of us. You know, we just we know about the world, but guess what? There are church church paths. And there's the one side of the easy grace and there's the other side of self-righteous legalism and they're busy throwing darts at each other and at us because we're not specifically choosing a side. And I need the light of his word every day to see. That's why I have to be in the word every day. It's not a legalistic requirement for me. It is a desire for bread. So I have enough nourishment to get through the day. 
And as I am in the word, he is next to me, reminding me that his yoke is easy and his burden is light. And that's a Matthew 1130. So I'm walking on this path. He's in the yoke beside me, but it's not a yoke that's going to break me, but conform me to his, his image. And you know what? On that path, what else? Not only do I have a yoke beside my Savior, I'm going to need to deny myself on that path. And I'm going to have to take up my cross and I'm going to have to follow him. And I'm going to have to deny this pet sin that I really love. I'm going to have to deny my self-righteousness that is, makes me so proud of not having a sin like somebody else. I'm going to have to take up my cross and remember Jesus paying for every one of my sins, which gives me a huge amount of love for everyone else. And I'm going to follow him. And how did he act with others? He washed their feet. He gave up his life for them. He poured himself out for them, knowing what was ahead of him. And knowing that these people were going to deny him, even his closest followers at the moment, that it really mattered, they were going to deny him. But you know what? I struggle with the same thing. And after all these years of walking with Jesus, I would rather be beside him on that narrow path, lonely and wondering if I'm listening well. To He's right beside me, but I, he's not always loud. And I just don't always know what he's saying. But I do find the correction in the word, in a whisper in my spirit, in a faithful brother or sister in the Lord, whether it's my husband or my children or my friends that say, "Mm, honey, let's talk about that. I find correction and I get back in line with him. It's easy to tell when I'm out of line with him when I'm in the yoke with him, because obviously I'm out of step. And we have the still small voice of the spirit. One of my favorite verses is Isaiah 30, 21, and it says, your ears shall hear word behind you saying, this is the way, walk in it when you turn to the right or the left. So finding the way of God and walking in it is the biggest blessing of all. I tell you what, I don't want to make a God that agrees with me and made in my image whether I want him, um, God to be ready to destroy those who don't follow the rules that I'm so sure about, or a God who's made in my image who agrees with my desires and inclinations and affections, even when they don't agree with his word. Both extremes are idol worship. We must not shrink God down to something that we can agree with. If God agrees with us, then there's a problem. If we go to him and figure out where we need to change to agree with him, then we're worshiping him. I'm not pointing fingers here. I'm not. I just see the struggle. And I know I struggle on one end of the spectrum or the other at different times. I'm warning myself and you that we easily fall into this trap. But I'm protected from that tendency and corrected when I'm getting off the path and from constructing a God who makes sense to me if I'm immersed in the word. It's slow. I just have to tell you, it's been a lifetime. And I just, I feel like 
the more and more I learn, the more I learn that I don't know. Like, it's like I'm figuring out the deeper I go into the Lord. It's like, wow, there's so much more. If you just stand on the edge of the Grand Canyon, you go, wow, that's pretty deep. But if you walk down and then you get to a place where you thought was the end, you go, wow, no, I've barely started. And you walk down another set and you walk down more paths. It takes a long time to get down. And it's it expands to the left and the right beyond what you could imagine standing at the edge. And that's how I feel it is walking with the Lord. The deeper I get into Him, the more I see there is to learn. And I'm nowhere close to plumbing the depths of the Lord. It is slow. It's a lifetime. It's messy. It's not efficient. But those are the very things that keep me coming back to the Word every day. Because Jesus is my way, that path on which I'm going to walk. He's my truth. He's going to correct me if I get out of of line on either legalism or easy grace. He's going to pull me back. And he's the life. He gives me life through relationship with him and his indwelling Holy Spirit. So listen, if you find yourself struggling one end or the other, really get into the word of God and pray and ask the Lord to help you and cover you and protect you. Let's pray. Father God, I just thank you that you have shown yourself to us through your son, through your spirit, that you are the triune God, and we need all of you. You are unexplainable, and I thank you for revealing yourself in these different ways. And I ask you, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, to guide us to love you well, to obey you well, to learn your truth, and through that, to minister to those around us. I said in the name of Jesus, amen.